like an out of wedding invitation on your desk. It's yes. Very pretty. It's very are, pretty. Are you accepting with pleasure or declining with regret? I have until September 1st to decide. Oh. Yes. It sounds like maybe you'll decline with no regret. I, I haven't decided what we're going to do. The Delta variant's picking up. It's in Atlanta. We love everyone. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, I have some bad news, though. What? I left my phone in my bedroom, so I have to go back. And- oh, my God. Could yeah. you not be prepared for one event? We're oh, here wait. doing a... Hold on. It's in my pocket. This is so <laughs> stupid. You should have seen the look on his face. It was like a kid on Christmas morning. Like, how did you not feel it? I didn't feel it the way I was sitting, and my shorts oh are so soft. Oh, my God. I didn't, I, but look, look, we can start now. Hey. Guess, you know what? We can start now. That was an odd opening, but we can start now. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of the Two Gay Mats Podcast. It's Matt Steele. And it's Matt Balmer. Sorry, I was drinking some water. Wow, you yell at me for not being prepared for almost not hey. bringing my phone and you're drinking water. The second I started talking, I, was, I saw him reach for that cup I and was I was like, thirsty. what is he doing? I thought you were going to take, you usually, you know, blabble on for a bit. Whenever you say anything, it's never a short stretch. No, not when I do the intro. The intro is pretty much the same, okay. you know, words. Matt There's Steele. a script in the intro. <laughs> How was your week? My week was lovely. Yeah. I uh, let's see what did I do this week? Um, I hung out with a friend. Mm. I worked. Which I, friend? My my friend Connor. Oh, yeah. How's I, haven't, he? I haven't seen him in like a month and a half. He's doing very well. Great. Um, I. Uh, 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 was a guest on a podcast. Oh, yes, I saw that. I, I was a guest on uh, our friend Nick Walsh's podcast mm. called But First, a Big Brother podcast. So if you would like to hear me ramble on for even <laughs> longer about Big Brother than I already do on this podcast. I feel like that's what everyone listening feels. It's like, God, I wish I could hear about Matt still talking about this longer. <laughs> it really would be lovely for me. They might. They, some might. We have gotten a few Big Brother questions over the years. Exactly. So. Yeah. So everyone check it out if you want to hear me screaming about how how much I love Claire. All right. Is Claire still? <laughs> Claire, we were worried Claire would be in danger this week. Yeah. But the target changed. Okay. And now, sorry, it's going to be a bit rough week for Brittany. Oh, sorry, Brittany. I know. Brittany. Do we like her? I love Brittany. Oh. She's such a little underdog and like was really like going for it and everything. And she, she brings a lot of passion to the season. Yeah. She was just backdoored. She was just put on the block today mm. and there a lot of tears and she's really campaigning. And but all the campaigns are falling on deaf ears because the cookout is going to vote her. Out. I mean, I, you know, it's going to be great for her in the jury house. She's the first jury member, correct? She's the first jury well, member. That'll be great for her. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like it would be smarter if they kept her around, but she yeah. just doesn't have the numbers. Oh. So, Oh, well, what you going to do? What can one do? Oh, God, what else did I do this week? I don't know. Talk about your week and I'll think oh, about it. All that. right. Well, my week was good. I went to Balboa Island again for another vacation. It's a yearly trip that Jackson's family takes. And I was there from, I think I left Friday night uh, and then got back uh, Sunday evening. And that was right after we were at home. Um... <laughs> And I was doing my laundry and like weirdly our street was weirdly blocked off because they were repaving it. So I was trying to go to the gym during lunch, but couldn't because they were repaving whatever. I would then I was like, OK, since I have this extra time, I'm just going to do my laundry. I would like to have, you know, the clothes I want to wear for the beach and all of this. I go I go out to put my stuff in the washer or move things from the washer to the dryer and then put more in the wash. I come back and I guess I, I try to turn the key in our front door. It turns. But does it open? The answer is no. No. 
and something occurred between the time like I left, Matt Steele came home, in which our front door lock was just like, you know what? We're going to lock you in. Yep. <laughs> so luckily there's an exit through my bedroom because it used to be a studio apartment itself. But if we lived in that one apartment, the person living here would be completely locked inside. Yes, because what had happened was like the lock would lock and unlock and everything, but the it, the knob wouldn't turn enough. Yes. So the latch wouldn't like pull in enough right so you just essentially could not open the door right uh so yeah i had to so matt palmer's like i need to go to balboa no i had places to go i need to, to see. so i was in the weekend i was in the apartment this whole weekend by myself oh. with uh just and i had i had to just enter an exit through matt palmer's bedroom <laughs> door um but then yesterday sunday yes uh the locksmith came yes and fixed the latch and i thought it was i think it's good because you know i feel like if we were both here i probably would have taken care of it i you know take the reins and some of these more household things you do cover uh, a lot of emotional labor I when do. it comes to the apartment but i think it's good that matt Steele is learning you gotta learn to walk on your own you know mm-hmm. on two feet it's important to do that yes i guess i will <laughs> I mean, it took you this long, but never too late to start. And you did a great job. I came home. I was like, I'm going to turn this key in the front door. Is it going to open? I don't know. I mean, I've like I called someone and hired them to come and like fix something before. Like I'm not I know, 12 years old. I know, but it's just, you know, I just think it's good. I just thought it was a good thing. I was happy that it happened. That's well, all I'm saying. I, I mean, I'm happy it happened too because now I can leave out the damn front door like yes. a civilized human being. Exactly. And I can have my privacy back. You know, I need to be private exactly. in my room. I know. It's a, it's very lucky that you were away this weekend while I had to walk through your bedroom to leave the apartment. I mean, I'm try- I don't know that it would have been so bad. A, I could have stayed with Jackson and B, like... Would you be coming in at all hours of the night while I was asleep? I, don't I have places so. to go, people to see. Do I'm you? always going in and out. Oh, I don't really. <laughs> <laughs> I have a bunch of friends who are just moving away. I mean. And all that fun stuff. So, but you know, we did it. And we did I'm it. glad you got like a vacation two weeks ago. I know. Like, I that, know. I was really thinking about yeah, that. I was that's like, why oh. we're recording this podcast a day late as well. I know. Because I was like, you know what I am? Too tired yep. <laughs> to do this. Today. Also, I'd driven back, so it's different from flying back. So it was uh, more work on my you part. It was like an hour and a half. Hey, maybe. It's, it was only like 50 minutes, but even wow. still, it was enough for me. It was nighttime driving, coming back from a place. I didn't really know the highway as well. It wasn't like the back of my hand. It's so. the 405. I know, but it was further down than I usually go. Okay. You know I don't like that. All right. Well, <laughs> there's only way you the only way you can go on a highway is on a, is a straight line. I understand that, but I just, you know, I'd rather be driving during the day unless these are like well-traveled roads. I'm okay. going from point A to point B. I go there often, then it's fine. Well, these are my feelings. Much like how you were happy that I called a locksmith to get the door <laughs> fixed, yes. I'm happy that you were able to drive at night on Thank a you. straight road. Thank you so much. <laughs> I appreciate that. I'm going to ignore all of the shadiness that was uh, it was said with. Um, should we jump into the news for idiots? Let's jump into the news for we idiots. We have a good bit. Um, yes. So... The Britney Spears news, it went back and forth. If yes. you were around this week, you'd see there were probably headlines jumping around saying, oh, Britney Spears' dad, Jamie Spears, has agreed to step down as conservator. But then I feel like at a closer investigation of like the paperwork that he submitted, it was basically saying, I theoretically would step down if there was a plan in place and a transition process that's happened. There's nothing like important that has come up that has required me to step down immediately, so I won't. And I'm like, well, wait. <laughs> I, read, reading the headline, got excited like everyone else did. I was like, oh, yes. it's over, it's over. Things are starting to really move. And it was like, wait, so you're not really saying much of anything. I need you to give us a date in mm-hmm. which you'll no longer be involved. 
I mean, I understand the wanting like some sort of transition involved. But there's already a co-conservator. Then Jody oh, would be in. Jody Montgomery true. would be in charge. Yeah. What? 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 The, what else do we need, Jamie? I, look, I, I I was very excited about the first bit of news. Yes. I tweeted. I was like, "Look, I know that we did it, Joe. Like, meme <laughs> has been run to the ground, but like, we really did it, Joe." Yeah. And then a couple hours later, I was like, "Oh, did we? Did do we it, Joe? do it, Joe? That's the question." Uh, yeah, it's it's hard. I mean, maybe these are all just baby steps yeah. in the right direction. I think they are. I think we'll see in September. That is where when her next hearing is. I just was that moment in which we thought it was really happening was really nice. It was, you nice. know, what a nice time. So I just want us all to live in that moment over the course of the next week when things get strange. And speaking of strange, <gasps> oh, guys, this is a very rough week to be a Broadway leading lady. I'm telling you, there's several Broadway stories right up top because like a lot was going on. Yes. Alice Ripley did what? <laughs> I don't know. Utter confusion. Uh, when I saw this, there it was just chaos in my brain. There is a viral TikTok of a uh, a young woman who is lip syncing along to Billie Eilish's "Happier Than Ever" and like posting text of like, "Oh, this woman on Broadway who she shows in the picture is Alice Ripley." Uh, the the moment where you like look back and realize that you were being groomed since you were thirteen and onward, and she kind of like talks a bit about it, but it's all a little fuzzy. She has follow-up TikToks in which she kind of more in-depth describes their relationship, the fact that they had like sexually, I think sexually explicit text messages. Inappropriate text Inappropriate, messages. Inappropriate, yeah. She, she just said that um, they were at a point where they were Facebook messaging and texting and everything, and the conversations sometimes turned sexual. I mm. don't know if this means like aggressively sexual, like sexual relations between the two, or right. if it's like, oh, because this girl, she had like just recently come out as a lesbian. She was like 13 or whatever. Right. I, I don't know if that means like, oh, I'm having these sexual feelings. And Alice is like, well, let me help you understand them or or something. Just I, I don't know what that means. Right. Whatever it means. It sounds inappropriate. It sounds. It's the thing is like this is just it's inappropriate. It's strange. It's just like this is an adult woman because you obviously she is a person in the public eye. She has a lot of fans. There are probably a lot of people that reach out to her. It's like, oh, my gosh, I love you. Oh, and let me tell you, when it was 2000, when it was peak next to normal time Mm. in 2009, teenage girls ages 12 to 18 were just all about Alice Ripley. She had a giant like group of fans who and she was just so like very friendly with all of them and yeah. everything. It was like, and you know, a lot of these were girls who were really related to Next to Normal because they related to, you know, the, the mental illness of the mother or the daughter right. or, or something like that. And so it was very much kind of seen as a oh well Alice really just loves that these girls connect to the show so much and and she just appreciates so much that they're such fans and she I guess wants to like help them and whatever they're going through, but which which is inappropriate for right. a celebrity to, to do do in general. Right, two thousand nine was a different time. And the and I feel like again from some of the comments on her TikTok and some of the follow up TikToks that this girl posted, it was basically like, oh, I was alone with her a lot, and if my mom was ever in the dressing room with me and her, she'd be very distant. And uh, their comments are talking about how I had multiple workshops with her, and it was always she was always touchy and very like gave me weird goosebumps. I just like people had bad feelings about her, and like apparently the Alice Ripley at one point told this child something like like the world stopped when I locked eyes with you and. All of the stuff. I've seen her respond to people's tweets with like 
weird jargon like right. that, like in general. And so the I, thing is, I don't know in what way to take that language now. I feel like if you're an adult celebrity, just like don't interact with children. Like, mm. is that is that? That I maybe like hello like congratulations let me sign your cast or whatever yes or like oh thank you for coming to the show yes. again because these girls would see next to normal like 50, 60, right. 100 times but like invite you solo to a backstage thing or like travel with you or text you on my personal line and like sexually explicit things or like sending pictures in various forms of dress which I think happened no 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 and it's just like has I don't know has Alice Ripley responded I know I feel like she has deleted all of her Instagram posts that had comments enabled and she has turned her. Instagram private. Okay. She has not made a statement. I imagine it will be a couple days yeah. or something. Like, who knows? I, I can't imagine. Because the thing is, it's when the first TikTok went viral, everything about that TikTok was like so kind of vague that I was like, I don't know what to make of right. this. Like, what is this? Especially like the the whole pop music in the background. Like, you know, I love that song, but it's it, it was kind of like a not right now moment. <laughs> um it, and so I was very confused by that first TikTok and then the follow up TikTok. Yes. I listened more and I was like, OK, there are more details. Yeah. Then this girl was very much like there's some stuff I don't feel comfortable exactly. sharing. But here are some more details about what I'm referring to. Right. In this first TikTok. And it's like, OK, this is I I still don't know what to make of it, but whatever it is. It, is it was definitely not yeah, appropriate. Exactly. It just was very, very inappropriate. And even if things did not, you know, progress to a physical level, it's like that kind of relationship between adult and child is inappropriate. Yeah, it, so. it kind of reminded me of like even if Alice's intentions were so com- were completely innocent, right? Um, it kind of reminded me of like a, a Michael Jackson type thing. Like, let's imagine Michael Jackson is completely innocent. It was mm-hmm. still like his relationship with these young boys was. Inappropriate, it's, yeah, you know? over the line. You know, if if a teenage girl really admires you and she's a fan and she's having these like personal questions for you or making these personal statements, you as a an adult yeah. and b like as a a, a famous adult who yeah. c as a stranger, yes, should be like you know. Please talk to your guidance counselor. Yeah. Please talk to a teacher. Please talk to your parents. If you don't have those resources, there are places you can go online to find resources that you can use. Like I am, I can't do this. I can't be <laughs> you this know? person. For even you. even my friends, if they like have something really personal going on with their lives, and they're like, they're like, what should I do? Even I, who know them very well, am always kind of like. I don't know if I'm the right person to offer it. Right. So like, I, that's the thing is like, like, and you're thinking about that with someone that's a peer and someone yes. that's on your level. Like the imagine, imagine like an eight year old being like, I'm sexually attracted to you or something. You'd be like, Oh my God, no idea what to do with that. No. Best of luck on your journey. Here's some numbers. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. So I, I feel like that impulse should have fired an Alice and I guess we'll be, Watching this, yeah. To see I, what I wonder there. if there's going to be like a law because this girl says she's not wanting to like press charges or anything. Right. But I imagine Alice is going to file some sort of. I mean, I don't know. Slander, it just but. it seems like this girl has kind of like just opened Pandora's box a little bit, and like there are so many more girls speaking out about like their inappropriate relationship with yeah. her, and it's like, are you going to sue all of these? Girls? Did you watch the video where she talks about how one of the her Alice's crazy fans tried to kill her? Yes. And apparently this girl was visiting the tour in like Chicago or something and was in Alice's hotel room or someone's hotel room with another fan and the fan like went ballistic and tried to kill her. So this girl locked herself in a closet and I didn't see the full thing tried calling Alice and apparently Alice was 
not responsive. So she, this girl had to call another cast member of Next to Normal. Jesus. And it's like, wait, how are all these cast members, how do they know these fans so well? Uh, I, I, and I, you know I love Next to Normal. I, this whole rigmarole about what was happening with Alice and the girls in the backstage is really, I don't want it to, to mess up my love of that show, but I don't know if it, Cannot. So we'll see. We'll see if I can listen to Next Normal next week, which is, you know, the most tragic part of all of this. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly, I am kidding. Uh, But hopefully all of the people that were in these kind of relationship with Alice, at least their voices are getting heard. Now, I think Alice should just keep it quiet. Maybe maybe have one statement. There's I feel like the suing is a bad route to go for her. I think she's just got Well, I feel like if you want to sue someone for slander, you have to prove that that what they say is not true. And I feel like that's kind of difficult. It would be hard to do. Yeah. Because. Yeah. I, I, I have no idea. I have a good friend who was like close with Alice Ripley and she was a young girl at the time. And she has not yet made a statement. Have you talked to her since? I have this? not. No, I, yeah. I, I did, did I say she was a good friend? Yes. She's not a good friend. <laughs> Sorry. She, I meant to say she was like a good, good, like confidant to like Alice. Okay. Okay. Like she, I did community theater with this girl. Got it. I talk to her sometimes online and yeah. everything, but I, I just wonder how she's feeling. I imagine right. her phone is, has been blowing up for right. the last two days. Understandably. Um, well, first an RIP to Alice Ripley and now another RIP to Leah Michelle because. Oh. Beanie Feldstein is going to star as Fanny Bryce in the Broadway revival of Funny Girl, which is opening in the spring of 2022. And then Leah Michelle was trending right after. Oh, <laughs> that's people so were just hard. Getting their Leah Michelle jokes off on Twitter. So did, was, did you see that Leah Michelle commented on Beanie Feldstein's Instagram? Post? I did not. She, What'd she say? Leah, Leah Michelle was gave a lovely comment saying, "You are the greatest star." Because one of the songs is "I'm the greatest star." Mm. You are the greatest star. Like. And something like couldn't be happier. Something That's with nice. Heart, heart, heart. So, okay. so it was. It was a lovely like response and everything. Right. But Leah's. It's a, it's a hard week to be a Broadway star. What can I say? I mean, but I'm thrilled for Beanie Feldstein. She's. I feel like she's so winning and she's so talented in every movie I've seen her in. She's just like you know. Oh, she gets it. She gets. She, she has great timing. She she's so unique, which is like what Fanny Bryce totally was. I'm thrilled for this casting just because, mm. um, obviously. Uh, funny girl like Barbara Streisand's performance as F- Fanny Bryce is just the one of like the staples of vocal performance in, in Broadway history like right. just one of the greatest vocals you will ever get on a stage period ever and so but the thing about Fanny Bryce herself is she was such a comedian and everything mm. which Barbara Streisand also was like she was hilarious but I'm I'm so happy that they're really um focus in this production they're really focusing on like we need a legitimate comedian in this role and uh, as opposed to they could have totally easily gotten you know this gorgeous girl who can sing insanely well but who maybe might be a little boring you know I'm happy they really went with the personality because Fanny Bryce before anything was a personality and so I'm I'm happy I feel like that type of casting doesn't happen as much on Broadway these days Yeah, um, where it's it's more character focused as opposed to vocal focused. Right. So, so I I'm, mean, she's also I'm a excited. character like celebrity. It's not like she's oh, just like yeah. a character she, actress. She's also a, a like celebrity. Yeah. But, um, yeah, but right. Beanie Feldstein isn't known for being like this powerhouse vocalist. Right. Even though she has a lovely voice. Right. It's not what she's known for. And I feel like th- I'm happy that this production is going to be like, you know what? But that's not what matters. We're not trying to create a new Barbara Streisand. Right. We're giving you, a Beanie Feldstein. Okay. Which is great. Which everyone loves. Everyone loves Beanie Feldstein. I mean, who wouldn't? Yeah. Who wouldn't? How can one not? But speaking of Barbara Streisand, did you see this? It was very funny. Too. Oh, I love it. 
<laughs> so uh, there's a great people headline that just says Barbara Streisand thought Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga's A Star Is Born was the wrong idea. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Just a great headline. Uh, she was talking to an Australian talk series, The Sunday Project, and said, at first when I heard it was going to be done again, it was supposed to be Will Smith and Beyonce. I thought, that's interesting. Really make it different again. Different kind of music. Integrated actors, which is a weird way to put that. <laughs> um, I thought that this that was a great idea. So I was surprised when I saw how alike it was, the version that I did in 1976. I thought it was the wrong idea. <laughs> I just I can't argue with success, but I don't care so much about success as I do original originality. Wow. So that's that on that, I guess. You know, Bradley Cooper had a hard enough award season back at I that know. time. And now, and now it's just more and more just more and more being pinned on it. I I mean, I understand what Barbara Streisand is saying. She's not saying that, oh, the movie was bad right. or anything. She's essentially just saying, oh, the style of the music, the style of the story was very similar to the one I did in the right. 70s, like the folk rock type thing. And I imagine when Barbara Streisand heard Beyonce and Will Smith, she you know, thought of something maybe a little more modern that, yeah. that couldn't compare to her version. I And honestly, she's right. Like I imagined a star is born like these days would have more of like a, a social media element right. in, in the plot or something like that. Yeah. Um, so I do understand what Barbara Streisand is saying. Yeah. I just love that you never I wouldn't have- call it like the wrong idea. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, But I just love that Barbara Streisand, I feel like whenever I see a quote of hers, it's always like, oh, well, it's very clear what you think about this. <laughs> like she's never one to mince words. So uh, much love to her. And also much love to Lizzo, who apparently... On an Instagram live, broke down in tears over hate comments about her new song, Rumors, with Cardi. Uh, I watched the video, and the thing is, I guess people are saying it's flopping, but I think it's doing fine. Like, I don't know what that's about. I also read some places that they were saying that the mean comments were, like, fat phobia or something against Lizzo. And I'm like, so wait, what... What is making her cry? Is it the fact that people are saying that the song is flopping or people are being fat phobic in our comments? Because, I mean, I assume both are happening. Mm-hmm. And I just, I guess I want to get to the bottom of it. Because it's like, you don't want to see someone cry on Instagram Live. Especially not Lizzo, like, who's just a beacon of light and positivity for people. Like, yeah. why? Why? I just can't imagine attacking Lizzo. Like, what's a negative thing you can say about Lizzo? Yeah, you really can't. She's just, like, a positive person who puts out positive music that, like, makes people happy. And, like, yeah. even though Rumors isn't my favorite song any, either, but it's not like I'm going to go into her comments and be like, iTunes number five, lol. Like, I don't foresee that for me. I don't, iTunes number five seems pretty fine to me. <laughs> like, I would love to have an iTunes number five. Right. But, I mean, Rumors is a very fun song. Absolutely. I, I see no reason to drag it through the mud. Like, it's very fun. The video is really cool. Right. And she and Cardi B are great together. Right. I, I don't see why anyone would have anything negative to say about it. She says uh, during the video, I'm putting so much loving energy into the world. And, bro, sometimes I feel like the world just don't love me back. And it's like, we love you, Lizzo. Don't yeah. listen. There's always going to be people hating on you or trying to drag you down when you're so successful and so talented. And you know what? We don't listen to them. You know, we get mean comments all the time. Oh, yeah, and we're just like, LOL. LOL, honestly. It's like, <laughs> stop talking during the reaction. Oh, God. <laughs> People who just want us to, like, stop and start and the like, song over and over again. Like, we're not doing that. We're not we're doing, not doing that. that. The point of, like, an initial reaction of a song isn't to, like, dissect every lyric right. and hear it. It's to get your initial reaction of, like, oh, this is hitting me all of a sudden. And I'm going to say something. I'm not just going to, like, make a face and have the song play through silently while I just look at it because I'm not a fucking idiot. What is? Why would you want to watch that? I don't know. People. 
people are morons. So this, this is the way but, you re- respond to criticism. <laughs> but thank you so much for tuning in. Of we course. Thank Please you like so and subscribe. much. Yes. Hit that like button. <laughs> hit that bell. Yeah. Just know like if you like give a suggestion as to like, hey, do a different thing. We probably won't do it. <laughs> <laughs> He's right. It's true. We have a system. It works for us. It does. Um, And Free Guy, the new Ryan Reynolds film, uh, was... Number one at the box office for $28.4 million, which we love. The only reason I'm talking about this is heavily featured in the movie is Mariah Carey's fantasy. Oh, is it? It's like the driving force in the movie. It is sung. I, I think the the lead girl in the song sings a cover of it at the end. Like Mariah put out 4K uh, remasters of the original video and the remix video it, right on the same day Free Guy was released. It's all over the trailer. I just I love that. I just love that we're still talking about fantasy so long after it was released. <laughs> Way like, to make a, a, <laughs> a news topic about a movie about Mariah Carey. I mean, but this other thing is this one actually is about Mariah Carey. <laughs> like this movie, I assume there's others like he's living in a video game or something. And like there's a lot that happens there. But fantasy is the driving. He has said driving force of the film. He okay. wrote the film to listening to fantasy. It's just one of those pop songs, the original and the remix that like is so classic, still sounds current today, broke so many barriers, like pop and hip-hop artists collaborating like that didn't happen, like it does now. Like, we need to give fantasy its flowers. I feel like people forget about fantasy a little bit, and I, maybe they don't, but I just want to talk about more. They don't. I want to talk about it every <laughs> fucking day, because that's a fucking chorus on that original, and that's a great feature on the remix. Both are in 4K We need now. to give this classic song that was number one for eight weeks on Billboard Hot 100. Was it eight or ten? It was eight. We'll look it up. All right, we'll All look right. it up during I the break. We well, we'll, we'll see. Anyways, it's in the movie, and the movie did well. That means fantasy's a hit. And also, Mariah is coming out with new uh, Irish cream entitled Black Irish as of today. Irish cream? It's like Bailey's or like Kahlua. Like it's an alcoholic like Irish cream because Mariah is Irish, as you know. Yeah. Yeah. We, we all love Pat. All right. Why are you giving me this look? Like, it's crazy that she's coming out with this beverage. It's going to be great. I, I think it's a little random. I don't think it. I think it makes complete and total sense. I think it makes more sense than you saying that, like, no one gives fantasy enough credit. <laughs> I, but. Think, I think both things are true. <laughs> and like, This means fantasy's a hit. It's like, no, in 1995, <laughs> the hit meant that fantasy was a hit. It was a hit, wasn't it? It sure was. Oh, I wouldn't know I wasn't alive. You were definitely alive. You were definitely alive. Just probably listening to, like... Weird cast recordings and not paying attention to what was happening. Pop. They weren't like weird. They were classics. And I did have that Mariah Carey album. Did you have it or did your brother have it? I mean, we both. It's our like me and my brother shared everything. Oh, well, so. I didn't share things with my brother. Yeah, I, things were mine. You're just a hateful someone person. Else. I'm not hateful. I'm but, sorry, you know, Daniel. No one. He's fine. He's living a fine <laughs> life. Um, apparently Emma Stone is not suing Disney and instead is going to be in the Cruella signal sequel. So we okay. love that for her. Just <laughs> an update there. Um, did you watch the impeachment crime story trailer with Beanie Feldstein? Oh, I did. Wow. It looks good. It does look good. I may watch it. I don't think I've ever watched an American crime story. I haven't. No, I was dating a guy and we watched two episodes of the OJ one. And I was like, this is good. I should continue to watch it. And then I didn't. Oh, yeah. And then I stopped dating. Okay. <laughs> he was very nice. All right. But, um, yeah. but this one I'm interested in seeing. Especially yeah. it's an event that we like lived through, you know. Oh yeah. Um, and she, I feel like it's gonna be Beanie's. Everything's coming out Beanie. I feel like good it really for her. is. Good Think for she's her. gotten an Emmy for this. That'd be amazing. And I love that Monica Lewinsky is like a producer on this. 
And it's like, yeah. we're really going to get the story right. <laughs> we are really getting the story right. Ooh, and those clips of like the actress playing Hillary and her just like, You mean Edie Falco? Oh, is that Edie Falco? Yes. Oh, oh, wow, she looks great. Uh, but yeah, those clips I know are it's, just like. I know during those scenes, I'm going to be like, yes, Hillary, get him! <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> yes, girl. I am very excited. Um, and news that was exciting to me and then not exciting to me. There was a great, it was kind of like the Jamie Spears of the Friends world is like, we heard rumor that David Schwimmer and Jennifer Aniston were dating. And then we heard the truth that they are not dating. <laughs> yeah, that was a weird moment. And I and everyone was like, is this happening? And I, in my head, I was just like, no. You never know. It could, they could have seen each other at the reunion and sparks could have flown. That would have been so insane. But it does, uh, as, it does beg you to wonder um, which ones of the Friends cast boned. Um, like I don't who know. Among the friends, because you I, know there was someone no, who bones someone. I think the closest would have been David Schwimmer and Jennifer Aniston, and I don't think it ever happened. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm disappointed. I know. I'm sorry to, to break it to you, but if you <laughs> have been a fan like I have, seen the interviews and seen the reunion, they kind of touch upon that, and they mm-hmm. were like, "Oh, we David Schwimmer and Jennifer Aniston, we had a secret crush," and all the other cast members were like, "We knew." <laughs> like this was in no way a secret, but That's apparently funny. one of them was always dating someone during the run of the show, so they just funneled all that energy into Ross and Rachel. Mm-hmm. Ugh. A classic. It's not like the Saved by the Bell cast, who apparently just all just were just dating each other. Were the they? Entire oh yeah. Did oh. you not watch the E True Hollywood story of Saved by the Bell? I did not. I did, and all the producers were just like they were all just constantly <laughs> dating each other and breaking up with each other. Right. It was so obnoxious. That makes it so annoying on set, I'm sure. Yeah, and she's like, and there were only like eight main cast members, and I they know. were all just <laughs> cycling through each other. You know what? Just you know, just to talk about the next story, I don't think Mariah Carey has made many mistakes in her life. <laughs> Marrying Nick Cannon is one of I, I is up there as far as one of the big. And the thing is, the plus obviously rock and roll, but they could have had those babies and not been together. <laughs> like I just, <laughs> this man is a fucking idiot. A, I he was on uh, the Breakfast Club with Charlemagne and like the two other co-hosts talking about how. He believes that marriage is like a Eurocentric institution, which didn't make too much sense. And that, you know, he's going to continue like spreading his seed because he feels like a child inside and never feels more alive than like with a child around or something. And it's like, okay, that sounds like a him problem. It does sound like a him problem. And uh, and I think also has to do with the fact that he has lupus and like maybe his life expectancy is different than he assumed it would be. I don't know. But he also came out and said that he thought that only R. Kelly could do a versus against Mariah Carey, which is preposterous. <laughs> like and, and then also he said something like it's too bad like his personal I didn't even it wasn't even personal choices. It was something like his sit, personal situation means that this couldn't happen. It's like you mean the fact that he's a fucking rapist? Yeah. That's not a personal situation. Those are decisions that he made and that he is paying for in fucking jail. And do not say this man's name and Mariah Carey's name in the same fucking sentence. And also, since you're divorced, don't talk about her at all. <laughs> like, even when they were together and he'd be like, oh yeah, we've had sex to her music on a plane. We like had sex to Hero. It's like, shut the fuck No. Up. Like, this is inappropriate. Completely. Like, so inappropriate to talk about your ex in like publicly in that sort of way. Like, how tacky can you be? But also, the mother of your children like your children will hear these interviews one day I mean the one about the sex I think they were still married but even still <laughs> it's just like 
just don't don't anything beyond like she's the mother of my kids and we have a great co-parenting relationship don't say it because like she is on a different level of celebrity than you are and we all know that that was always true and i feel like that was probably the reason that you guys are divorced uh your thursday there are your thursday we heard it but you don't talk about someone at that like an a-list celebrity in that way i don't care about your relationship an a plus a oh <laughs> like, the a-list celebrity hello like like and and even you know r kelly let's pretend that he did not do all those horrible things and isn't a total monster R. Kelly is an extremely successful man. Extremely. Yes. However, yes. And the I, person who should do a versus against Mariah Carey is fucking nobody. I know. It's like when Mariah was asked who should sing at your wedding that never ended up happening. Fucking nobody. Fucking nobody. <laughs> and like, I mean, the only person that I can think of would be Janet Jackson, just mm-hmm. like number of hits wise. But R. Kelly is not in the conversation. Like truly, like I could... Just the thing is, we're starting with 19 number ones and we're not even talking about the album tracks. <laughs> we're not even talking about the songs that like peaked at number three. We're not even Shake It Off's not in there. Can't Let Go is not in there. Like, no, nobody. Uh. <sighs> I can't just shut up. <laughs> I also think it's weird that like I feel like men so often always want to compare women to men, like extremely always. successful women to slightly so like, less successful men. Slightly <laughs> actively less successful men. Absolutely they do They're always like Oh she's like the male XYZ Or like the female XYZ And it's like No no Mariah's in her own Fucking stratosphere Like yeah. don't even Don't do this Like I remember uh, One of my guy coworkers Was like Oh yeah Like Drake is Like the uh, or, or, or Beyonce's like The Drake Of whatever and everything And I was like No 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 No, no, no. no. Beyonce is the Beyonce of Beyonce. Okay, remember and when you can compare Drake to himself as well because sure. he is an incredibly successful. Yes, artist, but like don't compare Beyonce. No, <laughs> no. And do you remember? Was this the same coworker that you had that said like the biggest artist of the two thousands was Maroon Five? No, that was <laughs> someone I went to high school with. Woo! That was a Facebook argument I got in years ago, back in like two thousand twelve. And the thing and he, is, well, the, the original Facebook status was like. You know, I can't even think of any like pop icons of the two thousands. Insane. <laughs> what insane like Britney like, Spears and Beyonce? Hello. And, and I was just like, um, Britney fucking Spears. And he was like, Britney Spears, are you kidding? And I was like, Are you? Are kidding? you kidding? And he's like, She wouldn't even be in my like top five and it, of like top five of biggest pop icons of the two thousands. Idiot. Like, she was the pop icon of the two thousands. And and he was like, he was like, I would say maybe Maroon Five <laughs> number one. And I was like. <laughs> And I was like, I need you. I need you to log off Facebook, sir. And the thing is, I around that time, around that period, around before the election, I was always very like Matt Steele. You need to stop arguing Facebook. It's a waste of energy. It's a waste of your breath. You are absolutely right to argue this. <laughs> you are absolutely right to argue this because, like, how dare you? Um, who's Laura Osnes? <laughs> okay. In, in a continuation of it, it's a rough week for Broadway leading ladies. Yeah. Uh, so Laura Osnes is a, a Broadway leading lady. She starred in, you know, Bonnie and Clyde. She starred in um, Sin- Rogers and Hammerstein's Cinderella. Bonnie and Clyde, a musical? Yes, it oh, was. Uh, didn't it was, know it was that. a Frank Wilde Horn musical in like 2012. She okay. was, uh, remember when they revived Greece and they had that reality show where like you could vote it, who you wanted to be, Sandy and Danny? Okay. She won and she got to be Sandy. Okay. Like that, that's the thing that shot her into, you know, Broadway leading lady stardom. Cute. Um, well, she. Okay. So <laughs> page six revealed a couple days ago that she was fired from a show. I believe it was some sort of concert for not being vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Um, and like refusing to be vaccinated. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. I, well, I don't know because she released the statement like, oh. a few hours ago. What did it say? Well, the statement essentially said that she wasn't really fired. She quit because uh, the original. I mean, I can read some of it. I mean, you know, <laughs> I can read some of it. <laughs> the gist is fine. Um, basically, um. Uh, the headline accused me of being fired for refusing to get vaccinated. The article reports er erroneous allegations that have generated a firestorm. Uh, It is important to clarify what actually happened. She accepted an invitation to perform at uh, this hall. Um, A month ago, she was informed that protocols had changed and and she would now need proof of vaccination to participate. I was disappointed but responded that I would have to withdraw and I have not yet got, as I have not yet gotten the vaccine. Uh, It's also important to clarify that none of my fellow performers ever pressed me on the matter before I withdrew. It was a drama-free and discreet transition. Um, Does she ever explain why she doesn't have the vaccine? She just explained that it's something that she, from what it seems in this explanation, is that she is something that she and her husband are still considering um, uh, with with the family planning that they're like planning, I guess, and that so much is still unknown. She has not said that she would absolutely like refuse to get it. Mm. She just says that she hasn't decided like to get it right now until there's more known about it or whatever. But essentially what she is saying is that this article is wrong. She was not fired. She was, she quit because she was like, well, I can't comply with this, so I'm going to quit. And she essentially said that, um, uh, the representatives in this article claims that performers have the option to provide full proof of vaccination or uh, a recent negative COVID test result. Um, and she's saying that that is a lie. This negative test option was never extended to me. I would have tested in a heartbeat, something I have been doing for months and will continue to do in order to keep working safely. So she's saying that they are lying, that she quit and that they never gave her this option. Mm. Um, but also, she has a pretty big lawsuit on her hands because this call essentially just like revealed her like medical status, mm. you know, which is a big HR problem. So it's a big old mess. But did I mean, if the story came out, that's not like the place re- like revealed her status. It's like it leaked onto a website. That's not really their fault, is it? I don't know. I don't know those details. All I know is it is a mess. And Laura Osnes, please get vaccinated yes. as soon as you can. And you know, when I hear the quit firing, it just feels very Real Housewives to me. Of course, it's just a one night only event. So maybe she did quit, but every housewife that said she quit got fired. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I, think, I think these situations are a little different than like a housewife situation. I don't know. I don't know. When I hear, I didn't get fired, I quit. It's like, hmm, let's see. <laughs> I, uh, and, some gre- and some good happy news to end the, in the uh, segment with. Kelly Clarkson has won the Montana property and other assets as the judge has agreed that the prenup she signed with Brandon Blackstock will be upheld, meaning that he's not going to get half of her money, which he was trying to do. All right. And I mean, honestly, I think he was trying to have that Montana property and so that he could continue being like a ranch hand or rodeo clown or whatever he does now. And uh, I guess it's Kelly's and now she can sell it. So maybe she can sell it to him. The thing is, maybe, maybe she can be like, I'll sell it to, to I him. I know. Maybe. But that's the thing is like, 
that I, it's it's nice when I feel like there are so many situations where very wealthy women get in marriages with these, you know, guys who are less wealthy or successful and they still like the guy still finagle so much money out of them, even though there's a prenup that's already in place. Mm-hmm. And the fact that this prenup actually worked and Kelly is not really going like, I mean, we just heard a few weeks ago how much she's going to pay him every month or whatever. And it's still a crazy amount, but at least she's not going to. Like, at least the the document that they both signed is being upheld. Because it's like, why even sign it if it's always going to be contested and, like, fought after the fact? It's like, there's a reason to have this paper in place. And so, Brandon, good luck to you. You're going to be still paid handsomely for the rest of your life, at least via these, at least for the next uh, 18 years or how old old these kids are. So, you're going to be fine. He's going to do lovely. I'm sure he's going to have a lovely, happy life. Just leave Kelly alone. And this gives Kelly more money to promote the next album, which will be incredible. I can't believe we don't know more about it. I feel like it's been so long in the works. Maybe now that this is kind of coming to a close. I don't know if like there's more custody stuff to work out, but maybe that means we can get a single or a release date. Like I I need it. I need need it. it. We need it. It's been so long. Let's go. Let's okay. go. We want a good, sad album. Oh my god, it's gonna be amazing. I okay. I think I have talked about all the news for idiots I have. Is there any other news that I might have missed that you want to talk about? Don't believe so. It was oh, a lot. It was, it a, was lot. a lot of heavy. Yeah. Let's take a quick break. We'll be back more with two guy mats. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Okay. We're back. Guys, I have something to say. Okay. If you were born on Monday 3rd, November 1947, then Fantasy by Mariah Carey was the number one song in the U.S. on your 48th birthday. <laughs> the song went to number one on yeah. September 30th, 1995, yeah. and stayed at the top of the charts for eight weeks. So Matt Steele... Oh my God. That was Matt Steele, by the way, reading just a little blurb about... I think fantasy. everyone knew that was you. <laughs> I think that was very clear. And I think it's safe to say that Matt Steele is now the number one Ryan Perry ah, fan ah, on this podcast. Ah, let's move on. Let's not get ridiculous. Ten weeks, girl. Do you have any? Do you have anything else to say? This is really the biggest win you're going to get for the week in the it, whole episode. It absolutely. I guess is. you got to take them when you get them. They're small. <laughs> you know, let someone who doesn't get a lot of wins have this moment. I'll, I'll fucking take <laughs> All it. Right, too. Uh, let's go, darling. There's I'll a show fuck, to do. This is email my heart. This is the section of the podcast where we answer any questions that you guys might have. You can be a part of email my heart if you email us at two gaymats at gmail dot com to spell t w o. Uh, so first question comes to us from Clem. Clem says, "Email my heart." Hi, gays. I have a question for you both. Matt Palmer, I get confused with the amount of album editions there are available. For example, Lady Gaga's The Fame Monster on UK Spotify has Deluxe Edition and UK Deluxe. And often there are unclear versions of albums like Expanded Edition. If your Dua Lipa, Future Nostalgia now has the Moonlight Edition, which <laughs> yes. sounds exactly the same and still has DaBaby on. I find myself literally continuing, literally counting the tracks to see which version has the most and just going with that one. Any advice on which versions are preferable? And Matt Steele, are you watching new season of Making the Cut? I'm enjoying it, although I'm not so keen on the season's judges panel. Regarding contestants, I think Gary's 
amazing, and I was sad that sweetheart Joshua went home. Clem, I am not watching this season and making the cut. The end of the last season just just <laughs> made me so mad. I'm still angry that Esther did not win. So maybe one day I will watch the next season. I hope one day you can let it go. I I, I won't let it go, but maybe I'll one day I'll watch this next season. Um. Oh, about the additions. Yes, there are a million editions of an album being released these days, especially sometimes people just make little EPs out of their albums these days because they want to re-release the songs and get them back on people's release radars yeah. and be like, oh, this is the like, you know, floaty butterfly edition. And it's like five <laughs> tracks from their latest album. It's confusing. And I think the go to is just like go to the latest version that has all of the tracks. And because that probably has the most tracks go by release date. Go from there. And honestly, once you find a version that you like and just save it to your Spotify, like download it, save it to Spotify. Don't leave it up to chance and search. I'm all about having like albums saved on my phone just in case. Like yesterday when I was driving back from Orange County and sometimes the like Wi-Fi or like the uh, LTE was a little spotty. Just my little like, um, you know, so I wanted to make sure I had the song saved on my phone so they would not be interrupted as I was playing my Brandy mm-hmm. driving back home so that's my recommendation for you yeah it does make me angry when I want to listen to Miss Saigon in full and I realize I accidentally clicked on like the highlights version and I'm just like oh my god this totally ruined my experience I got to start all the way at the beginning now (laughs) yes that's why you got to save the the right version on your phone yeah you'll never make a mistake if I was someone who like did not know said artist and I wanted to like get into their discography it would just annoy the crap out of me to be like wait what is this sandalwood candlelight edition or whatever (laughs) like I I don't understand. I just want to hear the album. Can right. I just hear the album? It, it seems so easy, but it's so hard. Oh, speaking of, Madonna's doing re-releases for all of her albums with like bonus tracks that she's like curating. So watch out for that. That was announced today on her. Is her birthday? Today? I think her birthday's today. happy birthday, Madonna. Happy birthday, Madonna. I believe she's sixty-three. Great. Still killing it. Still, still doing still great. Getting wild and having fun. Yes. Uh, So next question comes to us from Eric. Eric says, email my heart. (laughs) Dear Matt, I was just wondering if there were any artists that you have heard that you like but haven't taken the time to listen to any full projects. And Matt Steele, this can apply to any cast recordings. My biggest one would be her. Every song I've heard that she's done is brilliant, but I haven't taken any time to listen to any full-length projects. Love the podcast. Can't wait for the next one. Thank you. Um, I feel like the first artist that comes to mind for me is Brie Runway. She has a song called Hot Hot that kind of samples Buster Rhymes, Put Your Hands On My Eyes Can See, but then there was some sort of issue with the... Um, getting the permission to do that so it's kind of been remade but it just sounds the same anyways anyways it's excellent and she can sing and she can rap and she's gorgeous and she can dance and I just know that song and maybe one other song that she did with Missy and I feel like I need to really get into her discography I don't know that she even has a full album or maybe I hope she has an EP but I want to know all of her music because like I'm excited to hear her on uh the Chromatica remix album which she's supposed to be featured on and I feel like she was supposed to be featured on something else coming up that I cared about. Was it, I don't know, for some reason I have her and Rina Sawayama in the same breath, but maybe that's just because they're going to both be on the Chromatica mm-hmm. remix album. Either way, Brie Runway, I believe, is a superstar and I need to listen to more of her music. For sure. All right, that's your job. Uh, mine, <laughs> I'm going to, in terms of cast recordings that I apl- this applies to for me, I'm going to say Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812. I have still not listened to that cast recording. Mm. I still don't even know what the hell that show is about. Wow. Everything I have seen or heard about it, I'm just like, this looks fantastic. This sounds fantastic. It sounds so interesting. And it's been, it came out in 2017. All right. I need to 
get on this. The time I is now. really do. Like everything I've heard of it is just stunning. And it sounds like my kind of musical theater, like mm. really experimental, but still has a strong story, still has, you know, that, you know, uh, 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 catharsis to it. Oh, so yeah. I'm, I, I'm excited to listen to it. I'm going to okay. do it. We're going to do it. We're going to do it, guys. We're going to do it. After we listen to uh, The Aces. Yes, The Aces. Do. And I have to listen to a Melissa Etheridge album again. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, Matt Steele, I have a question for you. Yes. What has been giving you moments, darling? Okay, so you know how fantasy, the genre, is oh. kind of like my blind spot, yes. right? In terms of entertainment. Yes. Ask me what Hogwarts house I'm in. I'm just like, who, what, when, where, why? <laughs> Don't know it. But... I saw a film okay. this week with Connor okay. as as when I saw Connor um, called The Green Knight. What and is that? It is an A24 release and it is directed by David Lowry and it is based off of this like 14th century poem. Uh, it is called Sir Gawain and the Green Knight and it's apparently just this giant like poem where this kid is King Arthur's nephew and he... This uh, he's you know partying. It's Christmas, and mm. this like s- sorcerer knight tree type thing like comes in, and he um says, "I'm gonna play a game. If you strike me, if I'm a knight needs to strike me, and then one year from today." He, he will come and see me and I will strike him the exact same way that he struck me. Okay. And so this kid like wants like to become this great knight with honor and like a legacy and everything. So instead of just like you would think, oh, the same thing's going to happen to me. I'm just going to like tap you with my sword. Right. No, he decides to chop this thing's head oh off. Oh my gosh. So a year later he has to like make this voyage through England, Scotland, wherever the hell they are. <laughs> um, and essentially to maybe die, who knows. And like all for like the honor. And you you would hear this and be like, this is not Matt Steele's cup yeah. of tea. It is so stunning. Oh. So well done. Wow. I mean, it's A24. So, you know, it's it, it has that like A24 clout, you know, yeah. the film snob of it all. Um, but it's it's starring Dev Patel mm. uh, and Alicia Vikander and Joel Edgerton. And I cannot recommend it enough. A lot of it's really dividing critics and audiences. Like a lot of audiences are like, it's so slow. It's so slow. Mm. And the critics are just like, no, it's incredible. (laughs) It's, it's really beautiful and really captivating from beginning to end. Wow. For me, I really, really, really loved it. Cause I, I, you look at the trail and you're like, oh, this is going to be so actiony with like big fights and everything. And it's really not, it's really just these quiet scenes where he's going through the countryside and he's meeting all these various different characters that are like Testing him in some sort of way and it's all about you know, how ridiculous and preposterous like egos are mm. and how desperate you know um, men are you know for this validation and this honor and everything when really they're all just human and they're all gonna die one day right um, so it's all just pointless and it's really really wonderful I think everyone should check it out even if it's not your cup of tea it's still like a fascinating watch and I loved it. Do you I, think I would like it? Um, I think Jackson would really like it. <laughs> and I think I think you would be fine with it. Okay. I, I don't think you'll like love it as much as me or Jackson. Right. But I think I don't think you'll be like that was ridiculous. I hate it. Okay. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. And Dev Patel's so cute. Okay. But, <laughs> it's neither here nor there. <laughs> it's neither here nor there. But like, you know, I might love him a little bit. 
Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, <laughs> things that have been giving me moments this week. There are a few. First, I just finished a book by R. Eric Thomas. He is like an internet writer for L.com and has gone viral many times. He uh, wrote apparently the first article that described Maxine um, Waters uh, as kind of like an aunt figure. And then she obviously took on that auntie Maxine. And mm-hmm. it's just like. He has essays about growing up as a black gay man in Baltimore and like moving to New York and dropping out of college and having to go back to college in like a community college esque. I don't know if it actually was a community college, but it was a, a local college in Baltimore and like living in his parents' house. It's a lot about loneliness and like trying to find your way in life and like uh, relationships that work and don't work and like people in his life that, you know, are no longer with us. And I don't know, it just is a collection of essays that I found was riveting throughout. He's so hilarious and so funny, but also. So very poignant. He like got his start doing like storytelling shows around Baltimore and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so you can tell that he knows how to like make an arc of a story. And so each essay kind of feels like one of those, like a little vignette out of his life. Uh, I need to learn how to do that. I know. I'm right? not good at that all on the fly. That's the, I mean, he prepares. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it's a pretty written out, but yes, he's very good at crafting a, a very succinct story, which we love. Um, so I recommend that. I also would recommend to any Bravo fans out there. If you have not watched the trailer for The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City Season 2, guys, I, the fact that we're getting Potomac, Salt Lake City, and Beverly Hills this season, which is honestly very good, which is surprising because it's been garbage for the past like five years. <laughs> uh, on at the same time, it's just such a joy. And the fact that Housewives of New York is so bad. It's like, when would I ever have said that of all the Housewives on television, New York is the bad one? But it certainly is. The Salt Lake City trailer, it looks excellent. Lisa Barlow is investigating Mary, who she believes is the cult leader, interviewing oh, members of her congregation. Incredible. Jen Shaw, as we all have heard, has gotten indicted on federal charges and believes that Meredith Marks... Uh, tipped off the feds and told her that she was at beauty lab and that that's where she should go to, you know, get locked up or get arrested or whatever, because, uh, Jin Shaw had been liking mean tweets about Meredith's son, Brooks and calling him like a sissy or something. (laughs) (laughs) And it just looks excellent. There's obviously like the fun parts and stuff, but obviously the drama is top tier. There's real stuff happening. I just love that between Erica Jane on Beverly Hills and now Jin Shaw on Salt Lake city, it's like, Oh, these are now legal dramas. Like these are freaking, whodunits and I am so enraptured and invigorated by it and you know if you want housewives that's top tier not legal related watch Potomac because it is still excellent Giselle is such a garbage person <laughs> like good God every season it's the same thing it's like well we heard that your husband's cheating on you I read a blog that your husband's cheating on you and it's like just Giselle, just just like I read it on a blog and like I feel like that's probably why you got all that plastic surgery is because like your husband's cheating on you or like I bet he's not actually but maybe you were insecure about it and it's like Giselle you literally haven't been married in a million years every like date you've had it's always blown up don't judge other people's relationships when jamal bryan is out here you a you were fake dating him and b he was like sleeping with everybody across atlanta during covid so don't do this leave and wendy's annoying the argument is not that wendy is awesome wendy says zen win too much and talked about her four degrees too much and like she does a lot but just leave her alone. She can dress the way she wants to dress. Giselle's like, I feel like I've seen your skin more often this year than I ever did last year. And I feel like something's changed within you. You used to have substance, but now you're wearing less clothes. And it's like, okay. Like, I just, 
It's a great show. I don't know. She sounds like fun to me. Giselle's a monster <laughs> is the point. <laughs> but I mean, but that's why she sounds like fun. Salt Lake City is going to be excellent. I'm very excited about it. And um, yeah, everything's everything's coming up Bravo. It really is. We're in another golden era. I think it's so amazing that like this whole franchise of Housewives, like it's it's just not waning. Oh, you know, and just because there are so many seasons, that's like when one season wanes, another one exactly. There's always something that's rising as something is falling. Yeah, so I think that's beautiful. When New York team effort, one day New York's going to get together, and Potomac can be a little worse. You know, it'll be nice. They can trade off. Yeah. So I think that's it for me. Is there anything else you'd like to tell the people? I don't think so. Just that I love them so much. Yes. I love the people. We love the I people. I love people. Think we love, well, I don't love people, but I love you guys for <laughs> listening. And we'll be back next week with more Two Gay Mats, the podcast. Bye. Bye. Bye.